Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah, seventh chapter, verses 10 through 16. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page three, uh, 636 of the Old Testament. Listen now for God's living Again, word. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you, weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread and will be deserted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your way and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There's a movie called Love Actually. It's becoming a modern Christmas time classic. I've probably seen it a few too many times already. And if one were to wonder what the movie was all about, it says it all in the title. It's about love, actually. It's about a love that turns up in seemingly impossible places, about the fear that people face when trying to love in impossible circumstances, when they are trying to give and receive love, and it's about the mistakes that people make and the grace that people offer. As the characters seek to find love and share love with others. Each of their stories begin to weave together, become tangled into one another. There's a woman named Juliet, for example, who marries a man named Peter. And the two of them think that Peter's best man dislikes Julia. But the truth be told is all along he's loved her. And the best man loves the two of them dearly, and so he remains distant out of self-preservation and a fear that he will lose the two of them if they find out. In another storyline, a stepfather and a stepson learn to love in the difficult circumstances of their wife and mom who's passed away. The stepfather is afraid of not being able to be the father for the boy. As the boy processes his own grief, he is afraid of expressing his growing affection for Back to that wedding. The caterer at the wedding is struggling to find a romantic partner. 
He's afraid that he is becoming unwanted, destined to be alone. So he decides to holiday in the United States where he believes his accent, his English accent, will help him meet women. Spoiler alert, it does. One storyline shows two co-workers able to work well together, and as their personal relationship begins, they are shy and reluctant. While they have chemistry in their, person, or in their professional life, they fear that that chemistry will not translate to a personal relationship. And there are about seven more storylines. There are too many to keep track of. Even while you're watching the movie, you can't keep track of them, actually. But what is remarkable is that someone from every single storyline has a relationship with someone else in the other storylines. And this intricate web of people's stories begin to remind us of a very distinct reality. We are more connected to one another than we even know. And love is far more complex than a movie can make it out to be. It is important to note that considering all of these different situations, they present the real anxieties and the common fears that all people have when they love other people. Now, it might be a goofy movie. It is a goofy movie. It's sappy at times. It's silly almost all of the time. But it does point to love in real life. It's a reminder that it is impossible to love in isolation. Love requires one another. It requires other people. Love is this evolving experience that, when, that is lived through our wide cast of characters. Love is sometimes offered and sometimes turned down. Sometimes it's ignored. Sometimes it's unrecognized. And sometimes it's broken. People can make broken. mistakes and love can hurt. Love can make people vulnerable, and love can make people strong. Any way the world might play out its relationships and share love and community, though, we learn that love is absolutely indispensable. We learn that we need love even when we think we don't. We learn that especially when we think we don't. And as movies do, love actually offers signs of hope, signs of, of course, love. The unlovable do find love. The ignored are noticed. The fears are replaced with trust. The conflicts find paths toward healing. The grief and the loss, they, they find a trust that is found because of love. All these things happen in the movie because of love. Because people, when given the choice, choose love. And at the very end of the movie, you think to yourself, if only life could always end so perfectly, just like a Christmas movie, with the Beach Boys singing us home, Pruning, God only knows what I would be without you. So perfect for Christmas. Coming together, 
smiling, hugging, embracing. God only knows what I'd be without you. But when life and love don't finish so neatly, without resolution, without neatly closed plot lines, or even the Beach Boys, the prophet Isaiah is here to point us to God loving us in all the broken places. The hurt, the grieving, the lost, the ignored, and lonely are all loved by God, the prophet lets us know. You see, this Advent at Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, we have been exploring impossibilities that God makes possible. All that we cannot do on our own, that God can make possible, that God is cultivating among us and in the world. And the prophet Isaiah, well, the prophet Isaiah has been guiding our path Today, of through course, the, the prophet shows us God's impossible love is made real. The prophet knows the necessity of love, especially when we are afraid. The prophet tells the king of Judah who rules in Jerusalem, the king Ahaz, that God is making a promise. And Ahaz, for all of his good intentions, because he does not trust God. Ahaz was a good leader, a weak leader. And God makes a promise, and Ahaz doesn't see But God, see it. being God, a loving God, tries to fulfill the promise anyway. God does fulfill the promise anyway. Now, Ahaz was facing a difficult time in his leadership as king. It was probably challenging for a man like himself to think clearly. From his throne in Jerusalem, his options leave he and his country looking like they will be in ruins. No matter what choice he makes, the outcome doesn't look good. You see, Syria and Lebanon are threatening war against his kingdom There's and his an even people. greater threat, Assyria, that could become an ally, but at the cost of his people's freedom and at his nation's sovereignty, they would have to become part of Assyria, which would mean exile for many becoming refugees. But it would push back on the threat of war. You see, for Ahaz, it looks like there's no way out. And then God sends a prophet, Isaiah, to Ahaz. And God turns to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah and says, Ask a sign of the Lord. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. And Ahaz replies, I will not. I will not put God to the test. Ahaz places his fear above his trust, above his faith. And so God, full of love and faith, says that a sign will be given anyway. The sign is a woman who will have a son, and he will be named Emmanuel. The sign is a promise that God makes in order to say that God is with Ahaz, and God is with the people 
that God will be with them no matter what, that God will be everywhere they go, whether it is in war or in exile, in plenty or in want, no matter what. No matter what, God is with us. Now, the sign that the prophet speaks of, it, it sounds a lot like Mary and Jesus, the sign doesn't in it? Isaiah, though, is not speaking of Jesus directly. It is not a sign that a Messiah or a Savior will be born, per se. Now, a lot of scholarship and a lot of research and a lot of ink has been spilled over this. through it all. It's quite dull, actually. But the general consensus is that this sign and the birth of Jesus are two separate acts of love that God makes, two distinct and different promises that point to the same truth, that God is with us. Now, when an angel appears to Mary and says that she will bear a son... And when an angel appears to Joseph and says that he should accept Mary as his wife, even when all of the evidence says that it should be otherwise, and when an angel appears to shepherds in a field and says, go, and when a star guides wise ones, magi, across nations to look for a new king, All of these events happen in contrast to events of the past. Ahaz long ago said no to God, and people suffered, and God said, I will be with you. And then Mary, Joseph, shepherds, magi, and many, many others and say yes. And a suffering people discover, once again, an impossible love entering the world. The love of God expressed in the very flesh of a child named Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Love is made so that God's love could be found everywhere across the full range of human experience in every dark corner of the world, in every person in our lives, in all of our yeses and in all of our noes, in our following and in our faltering. Now, there are few better examples or illustrations of this than John Coltrane. In December of 1964, John Coltrane recorded an extraordinary album, A Love Supreme. It's a work of jazz that he says pointed to his own music, musical devotion as an expression of his faith in God. I would say that it is a work of music that points to God's expansive love. If there were ever a sermon preached in improvisational jazz, 
this would be it. You see, when you listen to the album on the first track, the track that's called Acknowledgement, Coltrane finishes this section, a several-minute section of improvisation, and then Coltrane moves into another section where he plays the Love Supreme motif, this theme that he plays over and over again. He just plays it again and again. It sounds like improvisation, but jazz historian Lewis Porter says that it, it's not quite. He explains, though, that it's really important to the music. He says this is something very, very unusual. The part isn't really improvised, even though it sounds like it. Coltrane ends up playing the Love Supreme in theme. all 12 possible keys. And Porter says Coltrane's giving a message here. First of all, he's introduced the idea of the music, and then he's experimented with it. He's improvised it with great intensity, and now he is saying that the theme is everywhere. It's in all 12 keys. Anywhere you look in the world, you will find a love supreme. God's love is expressed in one irrefutable and absolutely impossible promise made true that Even God is with say us no. and God is with us everywhere in all of our experiences even when we don't see it and God is, God is with us even when the evidence looks to the contrary impossible for us yes for God, it is just a sign of what God does every day. God promises to be with people, with us, with you and I together. God chooses to be Emmanuel, to be human in flesh and blood. God promises to love in a way that we can relate to, and God just refuses to stop. God will share God's love in every possible key of life. A sign we need to see more often that God's love is everywhere, actually. And God's love is a promise that we sing every time we put our voices to that great hymn of faith, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come, dear child of Mary, come. God's word made flesh within our earthly home. Love stir within us the womb of night. Revenge and hatred put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, take heart, and do not fear. God's chosen one, Emmanuel, draws near. God is drawing near, God with us. Christ is coming, and a child will once again be born to us on Christmas Day. Prepare your hearts. For God's impossible love that comes again to us at Christmas. Thanks be to God for such a gift, for a gift of love. Thanks be to God, today and always. Amen.